It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. Welcome back, hockey fans, to the most watched show in junior hockey, your source for all of the latest and greatest news throughout the USPHL, college hockey, youth hockey, kind of everything else. And we've got we've had a couple of interesting guests so far. We've had a lot of interesting guests so far on our summer sessions. But right now we have someone who is new to the USPHL framework. And we're very excited that we're getting a chance to really give uh, this person and this organization kind of the spotlight here because they are the newest entrant into the NCDC West, the new division of the Tier 2 NCDC that is coming to join the teams that have been in the East for a few years now. They are ready to make their mark. We've got Wes Musio of the Rock Springs Grizzlies. Wes, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, glad to have you. Now, let's let's kick things right off here, right? We want to introduce the folks at home to, first of all, to you as a, as a hockey person and kind of your path through the game of hockey that has brought you to this point where you're stuck talking to a guy in a, a pink golf polo on a, on a podcast. Yeah. So basically, you know, I started getting involved heavily in, in hockey. Um, again, after playing a number of years myself, um, I got involved, of course, you know, the age old dad thing and, and quick enough, I became a, you know, prominent individual in British Columbia doing hockey administration. So I started off my, my major, um, first, first big uh, gig was being the president of the Burnaby Winter Club. Now the Burnaby Winter Club for people that don't maybe know them is probably the best minor hockey um, association in North America hands down over the last, um, you know, 20, 30 years because they produce um, on average like one or two good NHL players a year. There's banners everywhere up in the, in the rafters and everything. So I ran that um, as the vice president of the president for five years was involved in um, a bunch of the minor hockey associations, you know, it's called Pacific Amateur Hockey Association and so forth. And then um, I thought, okay, well, maybe I get a little tired of this minor hockey. So I moved up and bought what we call a junior B team, which was in the Pacific junior hockey league. Um, and it was called um, the Delta ice Hawks. And, and when I brought a team that was like, a 375 team to one that lost one game all year. So we produced a, a tremendous number of good teams over about three year period. And then I thought, okay, well move on to the next level. And so I bought um, a team in the British Columbia hockey league, BCHL, which is considered the top junior A league in, um, in Canada and second to the USHL. So basically I brought the, the Nanaimo Clippers, a subpar team to, uh, to a series of banners, including um, prevent or um, you know um, coastal division champions playoff and regular season and and the Island Cup champions and so forth, so we we really generated an incredibly good team where I believe the win percentage was over seven hundred percent, you know, during my tenure there. And I sold it out at the um, in May of twenty twenty two. I I was a little bit <laughs> struggling with the uh, politics of that league at the mm -hmm. time and. And I decided it was enough time for me to be there and done. So I decided to uh, move on to bigger and better things. And then this opportunity came about where we were approached by the league. And, and the league seems absolutely fantastic, um, more in line with my my views on how to run hockey. And uh, 
we we decided to um, go forward with the franchise and start from square one. And it's going to be a real challenge because we were working hard to get the season on the road um, going ahead. And uh, it's going to be, you know, we'll get it done, but it's it's a lot of work. So you have a, a history then of of walking into, you know, franchises, teams and and building them up. Right. Kind of leaving them in a better situation, both you know, competitively speaking, than than when you found it. Now you're taking a new team, right? This kind of brand new team in the NCDC West, at least. And starting from square one, how does it, it how is it different? Or maybe I guess the question is, have you gotten to a place where all of a sudden it's more different than you than you've experienced before? Well, I do think it's different because um you know, my big draw and that of Darren Naylor, my head coach GM that we've been working with each other for, you know, better part of two decades. Uh, we, we have a really, um, solid uh, recruiting, you know, uh, abilities and so forth. We've got a lot of uh, connections and so forth, but we're finding like, you know, the NCDC is a little bit unknown out West. Um, and it soon will not be. And so you're getting some hesitation from some players, whether they want to come down South, but we're working hard to get, um, quite a few good Canadians come down that are, you know, that might not be quite at the BC hockey league level and, but definitely, um, you know, solid NCDC players. So, so it has been a bit of a struggle getting, you know, top level commitments. We've, we've got quite a few um, players signed to um, tender cards and so forth, but, you know, in terms of getting those, uh, you know, for every team, you basically need to have like two unbelievable lines and four solid defensemen and a great goalie or else you're not going to go very far. So we're still working on getting those guys, but, um, you know, we're, you know, it's a work in order and I'm very optimistic. We're going to be able to produce a pretty good team out of the gate. Um, you know, because I do look at, um, like when I went to Nanaimo Clippers, um, you know, there was the, the coach that was there. I had to terminate him and then he did a good job of, of, um, taking all my players at the end of the year. And so we ended up, um, from our era, um, uh, before us, like when I took over the team, there was only one player left. So we started from square one on the Iowa Clippers and, and brought it up to a team that had a 700 win percentage over the fighters. I was there and that, so we quickly moved, um, from uh, like a terrible team and no players to a very good one. And I'm hopeful that we can do it here at Rock Springs, but you never know. <laughs> We're working hard. That's it. Right. And, and, you know, we've, we've talked to some coaches already, you know, through the month of May and honestly through, you know, even through the month of June here. And, you know, while some coaches will say, you know, we've got all our players, we're ready to rock and roll. Some coaches will even say, we're not going to be done until August 31st, right? We're not going to be done until the end of, of August because we're always, we're always working. We're always looking. We're, you know, we're looking at footage, we're letting players contact us, right? Players who really are bought in and bought in for the program. You know, it's an ever evolving prospect trying to build a team and get them ready for puck drop. Yeah, it goes beyond that though. I can give you a perfect example. I left um, the Nanaimo Clippers in May 31, 2022, passed it over to a fellow that that owns a USHL team. So he knows what he's doing. Um, I gave him a team that was basically going to absolute dominate um, the coastal division. And sure enough, they won the the banner this year, but the difficulty and the, you know, the problem with that team was they never increased the players. So what happened is what I produced as a team for the other guy um, is exactly the team he ended with. And that's never going to get you anywhere. So what happened is 
of course, um, towards the latter part of the season and into the playoffs, you know, all the other teams had loaded up, you know, four or five, you know, add-ons and, and they became more competitive and the team ended up losing in the second round of the playoffs to the fifth seeded team that had added players by the, you know, the trade deadline. So what I'm telling everyone is that, you know, if you want to have a really good team, it's not who you start with in September, it's who you end with in, in March or April or May. That's the key is you always have to keep, you know, upgrading the team. And it's a, you know, it's a sad thing because, you know, for every add-on you have to delete somebody and it, it impacts players. But, you know, if you want to have a highly competitive team, you have to transition over the the, the season because things just are so much ever-changing and people are always adding players wherever they can. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 something where, you know, as a team, you do have to have that pipeline set up, right? It's where guys like you come come in and be successful. You have a lot of experience that you bring to the table. And with that experience comes connections, contacts, networking, that pipeline that continues to feed that players throughout the season. And and it's so tough because it's balancing, especially I feel the the tier two level with the NCDC. It is an even tighter tightrope to walk between developing players and being that competitive team where, you know, you want these kids to continue to develop all season. You want to be able to take that that guy who might have been on the fringe and, and see him be successful in play. But when an opportunity comes along, you do feel like you have to take it to continue to be successful and competitive. Yeah, exactly. And the, the one thing that I tell a lot of sports announcers and is if you look at, um, like, for example, the Western Hockey League Major Junior, last time I looked at the stats, they were 17.3 um, average age of the kids um, in September, whereas, like, the BC Hockey League was 19.6. <laughs> and so what you want to do as a, a hockey owner is you need to, you know, it, it's, a, it's a fine line between development and winning. And if you're developing, you have a younger team. If you're winning, you have the oldest team you can possibly put on the on the stand. And which means that you know you, you're hoping that some of these um, you know senior guys, the 20 year olds and and the 19 year olds, are getting dropped out of major junior or the BC Hockey League or the the U show or whatever. And then you pick those guys up, and that's how you strive. And so by doing that, you're not necessarily um, you know, following that development model, that would be ideal where you have all these young players come in, you know, as young players and play four years through. But that's not a re- recipe for winning any championship, unfortunately. So that's where the set off is. I've always been and I continue to be, a, you know, a person that's heavily involved in hockey for the main purpose of developing players. And then, you know, sitting in the stands of an NHL game I'm in Fort Lauderdale, watching the Panthers or whatever, and bragging to everyone that I, you know, I, coach this guy or he was part of my team or that because ultimately that's what you know the owners are striving to do is develop players and and you know just have bragging rights in terms of you know showing that their programs developed people that eventually went on to play pro and and or you know the ncaa um, division one or division three and i think it's a great point about you know talking about the average age right and I, you've distilled it so perfectly it's the to be, to be competitive at the end of the year when you want to have that winning. Sometimes you're a little bit older. When you have the development, sometimes you're a little bit younger. And as part of the NCDC, the NCDC as a whole has committed to bringing in some of those younger players, right? The draft this season, 06s, 07s were your draft selections. They were your tenders. But also 
being in the NCDC West, these teams have kind of made an additional commitment to really developing some of those younger players and and trying to go after that future, future game of hockey in the 06s and 07s and, and even a lot of 05s. And I think that's not a bad, you know, model because, you know, for every, the problem with um, hockey right now is you're seeing um, a, a great increase in the number of, of teams available. I, I mean, I can go through in Canada how all these teams are being added on in the U.S. Of course, we have added the new division, the NCDC, and, you know, other leagues are adding teams. But the end result of that is there's only a certain hockey pool of substantial players um, that are good enough to play, you know, high-level junior A. So it's getting watered down. So the NCDC, I, I believe, did an excellent job of going, okay, how can we get a niche where these these players are just not going to make the um, the higher, um, you know, the U show or the BC Hockey League. And so we're giving them a niche to to develop and and then aspire as a as a young player and get better. And so I think it's a good thing. And, you know, the one um, point I'm going to raise is with the BC Hockey League, they just recently left um, Hockey Canada, which is a, a dumb move in the extreme um, for a number of reasons. But the the biggest thing is they're no longer allowed to have any players that are attached to Hockey Canada as their affiliates. Or if you cut a player, you know, um, at some point, um, they can't go to another team in, in Canada. So so I see there being a this niche um, for the NCDC where they can develop these younger players and maybe even help um, feed some of the better leagues. And, and that's not a bad thing because, you know, as a hockey owner, yeah, you, you want to keep, um, you know, you keep the players <laughs> close to your chest and not send them on, but, but you're being very selfish to do that. So, so I'm really optimistic that the NCDC will develop some, you know, younger kids that are going to eventually go on to a new league and then on to, um, you know, NCAA D1 and then um, hopefully the pro and we should be bragging about that, not worried about it, I think. And, and, you know, to use that example, like in junior B hockey, when, you know, we developed these championship teams, <laughs> all the junior A teams just picked us over like crazy. And right now the same team Delta ice hawk, we're, we're picking over their team, um, you know, for some really good recruits for the, um, the rock spring Grizzlies, but that's, that's part of, what what is necessary and I, I was speaking to the owner of the um you know the uh delta and he's completely happy to see people move on so i think it's a good model is what i'm saying yeah and you you get an opportunity as well to be a little bit more impactful in a player's journey right when you when you work out with them a little bit younger you can you know not to say diamond in the rough but that is probably the most used expression to describe what i'm trying to talk about which is you know, you get to find these players that you might say, okay, maybe they're borderline, but I see something. I see really good edge work, and I think I can develop that. Or I see kind of a hunter mentality. They want the puck. They want to bury it. I can work with that. And going a little bit younger does give you, in some ways, I think an edge over organizations, over teams, over leagues that maybe aren't prioritizing that younger player development. Yeah, and, and you know, using the BC Hockey League where I just came from, as an example, they actually increased the number of um, um, under U18s to three from two. And you look at historically in the in that league, the only reason why anyone had two players <laughs> was because they had to get extra cards. Because you, if you didn't have those two players, you'd lose cards, so you'd be down to twenty one from twenty three. Mm. So the point of why I raised that is that in those higher level leagues, they're really geared to the older player and um, 
And so this is our opportunity um, to develop a niche that where we, we create a development um, stream and, and uh, an excellent league. And, and we give back to hockey in North America by doing that. So, so I'm really keen on, you know, the, the model that they're, they're going forward with in the West here for the NCDC. I think it's an excellent idea. Now let's, let's talk about the NCDC West uh, a little bit here, because these are, these are kind of your brothers in arms right now. Right. And, and, the great thing about the USPHL is that while every division is extremely competitive, right? While everybody wants to be number one and wants to win a trophy, the the teams that you are geographically situated around, your travel partners, um, it it is also a supportive group, right? So it, it is it is also this idea of we are all working together, even though we're competing, we're working together under an umbrella to keep developing players. Um have you found that camaraderie amongst your amongst the NCDC West now that you've kind of uh, maybe maybe getting to know everybody a little bit more? But we're finding them very helpful, and I I think that you know the the point and you you sort of raised that is it this is a new league with new teams. It it's a terrible idea to, for one team to just blow everyone out by being way too competitive right. or be so bad they lose every game. And it's also important to, you know, keep the competitiveness and, and y- the unity together because, you know, if you see um, a few franchise struggle and end up quitting, then that impacts the whole um, model. So, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta be a big one happy family. And, and that was one of the, you know, the downsides I saw in the BC Hawk League where, you know, a league that was very geared towards the Penticton bees who blew out everyone in the last two years and, including us in the finals last year, um, you know, it's, it's not a healthy situation. So I'm really hopeful that, you know, everyone is, um, you know, helping each other by, you know, if there's a team that's not necessarily that good to throw a couple, you know, players their direction and so forth. So everyone gets generally competitive, you know, three, two games or, you know, six, two, maybe worst case. And, and then, you know, you'll see this league thrive, but the second that, everyone becomes divided and, you know, individualistic. It's the end of the, you know, the experiment. Right. So I'm, but I'd be finding that, you know, the, um, you know, compared to what I came from, I just find people in the United States um, in that region to be so much more friendly and, and more um, cooperative and in a big, you know, big family situation, as opposed to the, you know, the very individual type approach that I've seen in, in all the leagues up in Canada that I've, I've ran over the last, um, you know, I've been involved in the last 20, 30 years. Right. So I, I see a dramatic change. It's shocking. It's a mm. great shock though. Yeah. It's, it's the positive change, right? Something yeah, that hundred percent, hundred percent, you yeah. know, and, it, and it's a U.S. thing, it, you know, and Canadians are uh, sadly are a little bit more <laughs> competitive and individualistic, which is surprising. You wouldn't think that, but, in hockey, for sure, that's the way it is. Whereas in the U.S., my experience so far is like the commissioner has been out, out of this world nice compared to the BC Hockey League one. And, uh, you know, all the, the owners and the, the managers and all, just nothing but um, positivity from our end. Yeah, no, it's 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 been great. We have uh, a coach who who uh, we've known for a number of years, R.C. Like, who's now uh, used to coach Richmond Generals, now working um, kind of with some youth camps. And and his his word of the day is buds, and we've just been trying to to make sure everyone's buds. We want everyone to be our buds. We want everyone to be friends with each other. That's the best way to to kind of advance this whole thing forward. 
And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, you're constantly building this pipeline, you're constantly recruiting. One of the earlier conversations that we had in the summer series was with Coach Jim Henkel of the NCDC level Connecticut Junior Rangers, who called the junior hockey season a 13 month season. And I think that might be the best way to put it. Uh, it just it feels like it never stops. That's very true. Like I mean, the for for me and um, you know the the general manager and you know the recruiters and all that. It, you know, this off season's the, the biggest um, time drain for sure because you're constantly watching tape, taking calls, phoning people. Like as soon as I hang up, I, I'm going to phone a you know a couple guys in Canada. I know they're the dads uh, they grew up or my, you know, I grew up with hockey with and uh, try to convince them to get their kid down to, uh, to the Rock Spring Grizzly. But that's my day, right? <laughs> when, I'm not, when I'm not being a lawyer with my regular job. That's it. Just like, as you said before we got on, just, just talking all day. Um, <laughs> which, as you, as you come to work with Dan and I a little bit more, you'll, the Dan K Show is mostly words. That's the entire economy around the Dan K Show is based on just constantly talking um, and then hoping that some of it sticks. So in that vein, I've actually got a little game for you. I know you have a busy okay. day, so I wanted to make sure that we got this game in before we got to our parting words. So after the game, we'll kind of have our parting words. We'll talk about, you know, if a player out there wants to, has interest in Rock Springs, how they can find out more. But for now, we have a show called Minor Chats. It's usually two minutes long. We'll do them at showcases and events. The first minute is just kind of hanging out, talking, chatting, like what we've already done. The second minute is a rapid fire series of personal questions about yourself. There are no wrong answers, but I think as we said earlier, some people have gotten them wrong before. So somehow it is possible. We will try not to have that happen. I'll ask them rapid fire. You'll have 60 seconds and I will let you know when the clock starts. Do you have any questions before we begin? No questions. Love it. Ready to get into it. Three, two, one. Start. What is your favorite color? Blue. If you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. Planes, trains, or automobiles? I'm automobile. Cats or dogs? Cat. It's the middle of the day. You're hungry. You're getting ready to crush a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Chunky, super chunky, or creamy peanut butter? I'm going creamy. What is your go-to coffee order? A cappuccino, skim milk. Oh, love that. Now, currently on her Eras tour, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? I hate her. I'm going to add to that. <laughs> I think she's too, too um, political now. Well, other than Taylor Swift, then, who is your favorite mm -hmm. musical artist? I'm going to go with America. I'm an old school guy. America. Okay. There we go. If you if you weren't involved in hockey and you weren't involved in, in, in being a lawyer, what would your other job be? Soccer. And last question, okay. very quickly, do you want a million dollars right now? Sure. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, you just missed it. You just missed the cutoff, and that was my fault. I asked the questions too slowly. <laughs> we really wanted to give it to you. We have it ready. It's sitting right in front of me here and a loose paper bag which we should probably upgrade um for security reasons um maybe next time i'll try harder <laughs> <laughs>
I guess me answering the question with Taylor Swift was too long. That's what screwed me. <laughs> it was it was both of us. It was a teamwork thing. Well, as we talk more, as we as we you know eventually get to meet you in person and work with you this season, we'll get we'll get the vibe moving. We'll pick things up. We'll make sure it's super fast next time. Mr. Musio, Wes, thank you so much. I know you have a, a hugely busy day, so I, I appreciate taking the time. I want to end today with uh, your parting words, whatever you want to take a minute or so to, to just say to the folks at home. Maybe it could be about the type of player that you're looking for uh, to reach out to Rock Springs or or just the last impression you want to make on, on the parents and players at home. Okay, so, I mean, we're bringing in a, a, a new franchise, but with the uh, franchise, I've, I've hired all these um, ex-individuals from the BC Hockey League that are highly um, trained in, in this area of, um, of hockey. So I'm very optimistic our, we're going to be able to hit the ground running and have a, you know, a very um, high level and a, elite level franchise out of the gate, um, including we've, we've got a bus already. We have, we're building the dressing room, et cetera. So we've invested quite a bit of money into the, uh, the team to make it go. And so, you know, the one advantage of the NCDC is you can stay in the out west and you don't have to go all the way to the eastern seaboard and get snowed on and, and all that stuff during the winter. Although, of course, in the west there's snow, but not nearly uh, nearly like the east. And, and, I, and I do believe that this league is going to, you know, produce a lot of um, D1 commitments. Um, you know, from, from my average over the five years of the Clippers, I think it was 14 on average, uh, D1 commitments a year. And and the vast majority of them came while the player was on our team as opposed to, you know, other teams that recruited already um, committed players. So so I'm optimistic with all of our connections in the um, in D1 and and our general experiences and, and our competitiveness that, you know, any player that wants to take a chance on us will 100% um, not be um, disappointed. And, and I expect to have a, a very good um, team and a very good franchise for years to come. If anyone wants to get a hold of me, it's Musio, M-U-S-S-I-O, at uh, rockspringgrizzlies.com. Or they can reach out to Darren Naylor, my um, general manager and head coach, at Darren at rockspringsgrizzlies.com. And, you know, we'd, we love to hear from people. We're, we're definitely got lots of spots still available and, you know, we're looking for some really good players that that want to be committed to a team game and uh, and show some heavy effort. I mean, that's the one thing that you know. If you look at Darren Naylor and my team, they're always um, they may not be the most skilled players out there, but you can be rest assured that they're a lunch bucket group. Because I grew up um, loving the Boston Bruins, who used to work so hard and realize that you know that was the recipe for success. So, if you're a hardworking guy that wants to go in the trenches and get in front of the net and take some bumps, then Rockspring Grizzlies will definitely be a good uh, team for you to consider. Love that. Thank you. Thank you so much again for the time. My parting words here are, I'm going to use the word business because sometimes we romanticize the the game of hockey and, you know, we've watched, uh, we've watched Miracle one too many times and we think hockey is all about just what happens on the ice, but hockey is also a business. Right. And and that business is happening, whether we see it, whether we hear about it, whether we think about it or not. So for for someone like Wes to to come on this podcast and talk so transparently, so frankly, so completely about, you know, the business side of the game, how it interacts with the on ice portion of the game and and just what what yours and, and Rock Springs, you know, focus is going to be. 
right? And how they're going to accomplish that and what you can potentially expect as a member of that organization, I think is incredible. And and again, uh, Wes, we really appreciate the time and, and the frankness that that you brought to the show today. No problem. Anytime you want, I'm available. Thank you very much. We will we will probably we will definitely make use of that and I you will probably become sick of us very quickly if you let us talk to you too much. <laughs> I guarantee you that. We want to thank all of our incredible sponsors, our presenting sponsor, the Pueblo Bulls. We want to thank Selly Salt, sprinkle a little salt on your next meal. We want to thank body-trick.com, remastered sleep. Use the code Dan K Show for 10% off the water bottle of your dreams. Help stop snoring with just a sip. That's remasteredsleep.com. And of course, thank you to Mr. Wes Musio of the Rock Springs Grizzlies, newest members of the NCDC West, the USPHL's Tier 2 division. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.